Welcome everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. Here in the blustery January Vietnam morning is mm. me, Dylan Murphy, co-host, and John Gillen, also co-host. That is me, co-hosting with Dylan Murphy. Co-hosting this. with the mo-mosting. Mo- yeah. Mo-mosting? Here. That was me being here, here we are. Most. Here we are. We're here. It's, it is now 2018. Yes. Happy episode New Year, everybody. 36. Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 36. Yes, I'm surprised you made it this far. Nobody pushed any nuclear buttons. It's all, it's all good. Uh, thank you, new guests. For, uh, sorry, new friends for joining new us. Friends. Uh, like, subscribes, and all that. We've had so many wonderful interviewees that have helped kind of push this forward. So thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you all the men heads, the Gretchen men heads that have joined us. Uh, I think she gave she gave us a shout out, and we got some new listeners. So that's just swell. So John, you drinking some beer? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's, you're really you're you're really eliminating uh, yeah. the the credibility of our of our podcast. <laughs> I'm here with a mint tea to soothe my pleasing baritone, and you. Oh uh, yes, that sounds good. I do have my sleepy time tea as well. So. Because it is after just, all 10 o'clock here, so... Yeah, sleep, and you're just going to get riggedy wrecked on the, oh. on the podcast. On the so, time tea, that's what it's for. Anyway. <laughs> time tea. So anyway, hard. happy new year. <laughs> happy new year, happy new lick of the week. So, John, it is your turn. Anything to say before I listen to your choice this week? Um, I don't think so, but I, I think perhaps if you listen carefully, you will at least be able to tell what decade it's from. So I'll give you that. Great. Let's go. <laughs> let's 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 go with that. I'm gonna. All right. Because last time I think I got the decade, but I didn't get the player. But anyway, I don't remember. Anyway. Okay. Synth, the, the synth is a, a, a problem. It's, it's problematic for my ears. Uh, okay, well, it kind of sounds like, you know, the first riff, like, I don't know who it is. I don't know what song it is. Yeah. I don't know what album it is. Yeah. I don't know what decade it is. I'm going to say it's maybe the 80s. Yeah, it's the 80s. Great. It kind of sounds like my first riff, you know, like, you know, guitar players are talking about the first riff that they learned. Yeah. Because uh, it sounds like it's all done on one string. And, it, yeah, but, it, it nearly is. It nearly is. So, so uh, see, I don't know. With the whole the, when the keyboards came in, and I kind of was like, oh, maybe a little bit of Dream Theater, but I don't think so. No, uh, no. Really for Dream Theater. Do you wanna? Do you wanna put me out of my misery? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really hoping you'd say Europe, but that would also be wrong. But it would, it would have at least been funny. It so, would have. Yeah. Yes, and now it's not. It was Journey, actually. So oh, this is okay. 1983. This is off of Frontiers. It's the same album that had Faithfully and some other, you know, ballads on it. But this one in Chain Reaction, uh, this song is called Edge of the Blade. So it was one of the first songs I remember hearing where I was like, oh, maybe Journey isn't all synthesizers and smoochy teenage music. So like that was 
kind of realizing that Neil Schoen is actually a remarkable guitar player. And yeah. Yeah. And not just the guy who plays the solo on that song about like being faithful or something, despite being leaving. Yeah. So yes. there's nothing that little... being faithful. That's probably something you should do. Just probably so. is. It's a yes. We... song. So yes, we are a podcast about guitars and fidelity in your relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember guitars. I played a in a kind of a like a, a 70s 80s pop rock band when I was about 16 and 17 and we played um any way you want it by journey oh man and like I just I was I was playing drums but like I remember like hearing that guitar solo the recorded version for the first time I was like this is so good like it's difficult like it's yeah. just really tasty and fast and I don't know it just goes with the the who's your man from Who's the vocalist from Journey? Steve Perry? Yeah, Steve Perry at the time. He, yeah. Uh, have you seen that documentary about them finding his replacement on YouTube? The, the, new, the newest replacement or the replacement before the replacement? No, I think the newest replacement. They found him well, on YouTube singing along. The Asian so, guy? Yeah. I can't even remember his name or where he's from. He's from the Philippines. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I guess Philippines isn't quite Asia, so... Shame on me, I guess. We're not a geography podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're a guitar and fidelity, and John's getting drunk. Uh, I'm recording. I'm podcast. tea. Tea, my tea. friend. Tea in one hand. Tea in one hand, John. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, what I was saying was uh, I really liked how Neil Sean's guitar play always really kind of complimented Joe Perry's, sorry, Steve Perry, not Joe Perry, Steve Perry's voice. Just, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. It's just, it's so high and like lush. Maybe it's just the recording technology. Maybe it's just the 80s. Anyway. Uh, good choice, John. Journey. Yay. So Neil Schoen, check it out and go back and listen to Frontiers. There's lots of good stuff in there. Yeah. Neil I can't Schoen believe we also. talked about. I talked. I can't believe we talked about Journey for like five minutes and didn't mention that song. We didn't even mention the title of the song. No, I did. I did. Uh, Edge of the Blade. Yes, right. I know. But like the the other song, the hit song. Let's know. Oh, the hit song. Yeah, yeah the yeah. other hit song on, on that one album. Yeah, Moving swiftly on. Okay. Pedal right, talk. Here we, go. here we go. Pedal talk. So, Dylan, when you think of classic pedals or a distortion pedal, what comes to mind? The DS1. No. Uh, <laughs> metal zone. It's always the metal it's zone. It's always the metal zone. Get four of them, like your man from Biffy Clyro. Uh, no, we're, we're talking about the, the blues. Sorry, the blues pedal extraordinaire, the TS9. Well, we're not talking about the TS9, we're talking about the Tube Screamer. The Tube Screamer. So it's the TS9, the 808, you know, classic sounds used by so many people, not just blues players. But yeah, fantastic pedal, but it's, it's just kind of one of those go-to pedals that creates such a sound that is just almost immediately recognizable. Like, I can't really name any other Ibanez guitar pedals off the top of my head, really. Right. It's kind of their their big one. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to. I know they have a flanger that's seen a fair bit of popularity, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what model that is. Okay, so yeah, okay, so the the, the tube screamer, it screams it screams tubes. What what does it do, John? What does it do? We have two different models. Am I right? Right. So you have the 808, uh, which was the classic release. And then you have the TS9. So the 808 first was produced sort of in the late 70s. 
And it was kind of designed just to be sort of close to a big muff, but a little okay. bit different, a little bit smaller. You know, Ibanez, Japanese company, Boss, Japanese company. They're thinking portability, smaller things instead of like the crazy huge big muff. So mm -hmm. Ibanez was kind of following in that same model as Boss and creating these portable, good sounding pedals instead cool. of... But yeah, it was it was originally designed to be similar to that. Um, they use the same circuitry as the Maxon Overdrive 808. So you'll sometimes see the Maxon Tube Screamers. They're very similar pedals. They sound the same. Um, very, or they sh I should say they sound very similar. But classic one to keep in to keep a lookout for. This is one, of course, that you have people like Stevie Ray Vaughan are well known for using. You have. Um, you know, Joe Bonamassa, <clears throat> mm -hmm. <clears throat> who doesn't use pedals. Apparently not. Yeah, Eric Johnson. It's it's just it's one of those classic kind of bright sounding overdrive pedals. And it really operates very much like a classic overdrive pedal, which is why it's called a tube screamer, because it's supposed to mimic that sound of an overdriven tube. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so going back to players there, um, Stevie Ray Vaughan would probably be the person, the go-to guy for what does the Tube Screamer do? Like, how does it sound? What is the quintessential Tube Screamer sound? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you go to his, his rig, you know, he's got the Strat, and the Strat Tube Screamer, you know, Fender amp is kind of the quintessential blues sound as we know it. I mean, if you look at people like, uh, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and, and John Mayer or whatever, they would be big blues screamers, sorry, cheap screamers players as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So and, it would be I kind mean, of that. Uh, now, that said, so after the 808, you have the TS9, which is... Oh, yes. ...generation. And that's something that Steve, people like Steve Vai have used as well. And that's, it's a little bit beefier, a little bit higher gain, and little bit more punchy mid-range on it and it's so it's got a beefier sound the edge used the ts9 for most of his overdriven sounds for okay yeah much of the late 80s you know that that uh, unforgettable fire joshua tree period into the okay cool period. yes i know a fair bit about you two <laughs> as well so okay. it reached up through that era anyway but yeah so so the ts9 first time is is a is a really it's kind of a punchy version of that 808 a little bit little bit ballsier and you would see so at one time stevie ray vaughn had both of these like he would run both of them uh in parallel there wow yeah yeah i apparently a man from uh trey anastasio is that how you spell it from uh from fish he has two ts9s just on his rig like that's that's kind of heavy does yeah i think it's kind of crazy to stack the two of them but that's just me, you know. I, on the other hand, I'm not Stevie Ray Vaughan, so there you have that's it. The that's thing. why. That's why. If only I would just stack an 808 and a TS9, then all my problems would be solved. There, there you go. Uh, I, I just, I just, uh, what I'm impressed by it, just having done some research on it, is I always associated with this one sound, you know, the pride and joy sound, but yep. it really is a lot more versatile than that. Um, I mean, like I, I've, you know, for my overdrive, I, I'm currently using, you know, a, a blues driver, which, you know, it's kind of, it's people are, 
are torn between the Blues Driver and the TS9. But the Blues Driver does one thing really well, but then the TS9, you can just, it just adds that finesse, you know, that, that, that kind of warmth that other pedals just can't match up to. Um, but I think one thing that's famous about the TS9 is that a lot of people would mod it. Or a, right. Know, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Like maybe the Keeley. Keeley's do a mod, right? Yeah, the, the Keeley mod, which is now called the Red Dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially that mod beefs up the, the mid-range and the low end a bit and just really pushes it so that it's, you know, it's, it's hotter than even the TS9. But it's, it's a good sounding, because it kind of punches those, those low ends a little bit more, it allows it to just, it's real thick, sweet leads. It's a great lead mod for it. Cool. And uh, like that modded TS9 sound is something that also appears in my new favorite pedal in the whole wide world, oh. the uh, Robert Keeley Tone Workstation. Um, Man, you know, I sort of feel like we should get a uh, sponsorship. A sponsorship here for just continually pushing these <laughs> these Keeley pedals. Like what I want to do right now, what I'm actually thinking is I'm thinking because I'm in I'm in Vietnam with a shitty four dollar acoustic guitar but i'm thinking of like i do miss i do miss like a lot of electric guitar and the feel of it and whatever and i'm thinking of like you know taking a couple of hundred dollars or euro or whatever you want to do and just buying a couple of pedals and sending them home and so that when i arrive home they'll be there waiting for me because i'll be depressed when i go back to ireland just thinking about that so yeah but anyway this uh the tone workstation will be one of them it incorporates the modded TS9 sound. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. But I will say that one thing that I did try it before and I didn't really enjoy was the Moore Green Mile, which is a, a clone of the TS9. Yeah, okay. Explain a little bit about that. So there are loads of clones out there right now too. So obviously mm. the Red Dirt is technically a clone, but actually a good one. The, yeah. Okay. So, but the Green Mile, and then what's the uh, what's the other other one? But anyway, go go with the Green Mile first. Well, I don't know. I I I was a young buck who listened to a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I'm like, I want to sound like that, but I couldn't afford a tube screamer. And so a friend of mine told me about the Green Mile, and I got it. And I don't know it had like a fat boost switch, like that would really like turn up the gain. And I don't know, I just, maybe it was just the, the rate that I was using, but I just couldn't get a good sound out of it. It just pushed everything way too far. I think if I was to go back and get like, if I was to actually buy some sort of TS9 by itself, I'd probably go for the, the Tube Screamer Mini. Yeah, I've been looking at this too, and it's, it's kind of a tempting little thing. Um, mm. In fact, I think I think our mutual friend Maddie just purchased one of these guys. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, if you, M- Maddie, or other people, if you have experience with any of these <laughs> pedals, please let us know on Twitter or let us know uh, in the 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 uh, posts on our Facebook page. Nobody posts on our Facebook page, guys. Yeah, get on that. I do, but that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's your job, John. It's <laughs> what we signed up for. So anyway. Well, uh, John, last question about the TS9. Have you any experience with the Tube Screamer? Um, I, the TS9, yes, and then a Turbo Tube Screamer. So the TS9, I borrowed from someone for an extended period of time, sort of mm. like Maddie borrowed your Blues Driver. Um, uh, other way around there, too. Borrowed Maddie's Blues Driver. One of the That's two. It, yeah. 
but who's counting? So, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, and, and both of those, both of those were, were really great. I found them to be like we were just saying, pretty versatile pedals, especially the turbo tube screamer, which is the TS nine DX. And that one in particular can really do just about anything. If you really yeah. want almost like just a clean boost, you can dial that in. And if you want to just push it, so you have, super high game Joe Satriani saturation levels, you know, then it'll do that for you as well. So it was, I found them to be really useful, really versatile, pretty clean. Generally speaking, now I haven't played through one in a while. I can't say how close they are to true bypass and how much they color your tone. So okay. I, I will not purport to say on that because it has been a while since I've played one. But if you're concerned about that, that's where things like the Red Dirt are great. The Red Dirt Mini is a hundred bucks, you know. So if you're looking, if you're trying to decide, do you buy a, a reissued 808 for 80 bucks or 100 bucks, or do you buy the Red Dirt? I might suggest going with the Red Dirt. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, that, that's what happens with this technology. You know, it starts off really good, and then you know things go in another direction and it's okay to go with that other direction. You don't have to go for that vintage, you know, model. Yeah, exactly. Well, a vintage 808 will cost you like a thousand dollars or in some cases I saw one on reverb for 2100. So good God, if you're that attached to it, then you apparently have a lot of money to spend. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh, so we will, we, our guest, Today, uh, I suppose, I, I think this was my idea to get, get this beautiful man. And what night our, it was. Yeah, um, I was so delighted. So when I first moved to Cork, I wanted to learn all these guitar solos. And I found this guy's channel, Chris Zupa. And it's mad because I've been following for maybe two or three years now. Mm. And I just, I, it's, it's funny seeing how much his, his production, you know, his, his budget has gone up. You know, he's improved everything. Uh, he basically has a show called Learn That Solo, but he also does these solo builders. He's essentially about shredding online, yes. you know, on, on YouTube. And he, you know, he's he's also a friend of friend of the show, Jens Larsen, uh, and he does private lessons. He's essentially a, like a full time YouTuber, but he also does Skype lessons. He just released his second book uh, called Ultimate Shred Machine, which I'm really thinking of purchasing but also he has another book called a journey through the modes which the cover of which features him uh half naked on a unicorn with his prs in his hand and it is just a <laughs> hilarious cover i gotta i gotta send that on so yeah um chris super super funny guy as well like i've never laughed through uh, uh, uh one of our interviews so much super personable um of course that's i think that's just down to being australian I think it's just, yeah, it's that, well, it's that dry wit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, and also yeah, I just followed him on Instagram and the first video I saw was him using his newborn baby as a machine gun around the house. Just <laughs> it was hilariously adorable. Uh, yeah, Chris Zupa, really nice guy, great guest. Uh, delighted to ring in the new year with him as our, uh, our first guy of the year. We've got many coming up, but you know, enjoy this interview, guys. And then we're recording. Friends, we are joined by YouTube sensation, uh, Chris Zuba. Uh, Chris, you, uh, 
<laughs> there you go. Um, Chris, I've been a massive fan of all you do online, from your lessons to responding to haters for quite a long time. <laughs> and there's so many of them. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the, the whole place layer, man. It's just, it's just, it's, and your response to that was just uh, amazing. So uh, thanks for joining us. Friends, we are very glad that this is an audio medium and not a visual one, because um, two of the three of us, uh, myself and John, Parentheses are looking a bit haggard. Morning, uh, John. I'm it is how. Alright, this. Quite alright, but you've got the jacket to cancel everything out. Um, John, what time is it where you are? Um, it is two o eight to be precise. So I've Colorado been time. most of the night at this point. So, right. I. I it's it's like nine a.m. here in Cratlow, County Clare. Uh, where I stayed up way too late with my grandmother drinking wine and eating cheese. And Chris, it is like 8 p.m. over there. It sure is. Hooray for technology. Yes, right. Absolutely. So, Chris, for people who don't know you, could you uh, explain a little bit about what you do guitar-wise? Okay. So I'm basically a show pony in guitar town. I like to do all (laughs) the stuff. I said to one of my my, uh, fans once, I said... The guitar solo is like the scene of the film with boobs. It's like the best bit. Like, <laughs> if the song's shit, if the film's shit and you know there's going to be boobs, you can like endure it. And the guitar solo is like that. So why not give the awards like just the guitar solo? Um, so I just, you know, when I started really getting into lead guitar, that, you know, those, those solos started to really pop out and I started to learn them note for note. And I remember, um, I love Andy James. I have nothing against the guy as a player, but I remember watching some of his YouTube drawings. He goes, oh, you know, something like this is something. I'm like, something like this? Could you just tell me exactly what you're doing? And then my housemate was like, well, if you're so fucking good, why don't you do it yourself? And I was like, yeah, right. Fair, fair point. Why don't I do that? So, you know, I started talking to a camera nervously and taking follows <laughs> note for note. And then people started flooding me with requests and, not saying thank you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like, well done for doing that. Can you do this whole album? And can you teach this Jason Becker song from start to finish? And why haven't you done this yet? Uh, <laughs> but the good thing about all of that is it just pushes you to be such so much better a player and more diverse. And, you know, I've listened to bands that I've never listened to. Um, I've got a mountain of students, like, on different sides of the world, which is not possible with, you know, letterbox drops. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. Yeah. putting an ad out in like you know the local newspaper so it's it's been an amazing journey but the i guess the main thing to take away from what i do is just i you know predominantly teach guitar solos and lead guitar cool. in a more standpoint and can i ask was there a video that you noticed real momentum coming from like was there a lesson that changed at all yeah i think eruption by van halen was one of those ones where i sort of thought I can't just be doing stuff that I want. I need to start thinking practically. I mean, I know it sounds like a bit of a sellout thing to do, but you know, if you're a baker and people are going to buy chocolate cake, make the freaking chocolate cake. <laughs> so I ended up doing that um, on my, I went on a very short honeymoon with my wife in 2015 and she was like, you know, it was a ridiculous song on guitar hero through the fire and flames. You have oh, to learn. God. Oh my gosh. And I was like, for you, honey, that is hilarious enough to work. I'm going to give it a go. And, um, you know, I sat there and transcribed it for about a week. 
I think I must have done a hundred takes of the solo and still when I watch it now, I'm like, there's a mistake. <laughs> I missed that tap there. Like I know where, like there's this little, uh, there's little things that I messed up and you know, by the hundredth take, you're like, that's going to have to do or else I'm going to have to jump off a bridge very soon. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't, I, I would say don't worry because I think Herman Lee probably still looks back on that and says exactly the same thing. So. It's so intense. It was just, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't even know if this is humanly possible because there's, there's trades as well. There's, you know, Herman and then Sam and they go back and forward. And I was like, I think I can probably do this. I can probably give it a try for the sake of viral video-ness. <laughs> um, totally worth the grind. But sorry, if I, short answer to your question, Eruption and, and Through the Fire and the Flames were like the ones that sort of went, made me think, all right, I should keep doing this. I really shouldn't stop if I can build momentum and, and this can go somewhere. I think I remember, I've, I've gone through loads of your videos. I mean, like a lot of it is just far beyond my technical ability. You know, that's not the attitude to have. But I remember there's one <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold solo that you did. Because I, I don't listen to the band, but I, I remember watching it. Like 26 minutes long, I think the video was. It just kept on going and going. And I was like, how is he able to do this? Like, how long did this take him? How long would it take you to like learn solos like that? Would you, would you have a system for breaking it down? Or would you just okay. listen to it? So a lot of the time, this might sound a bit ridiculous, but I actually find having a guitar in my hand distracting. So if I'm listening to a piece of music and I'm sitting there like this, or if my wife's like marking a student's assignments and we haven't seen each other all day, but we're too introverted to talk. <laughs> I'm a musician, I'm a weird guy. Anyway, so, um, you know, she's marking her thing and we're smiling at each other. I've got my headphones on. And I'm just sitting there on my guitar playing, you know, you're putting <laughs> still hear it um but you know i've gotten to a point now with my playing where you know i can air guitar a pretty accurate sounding guitar in my head i don't necessarily need to be holding it or you know cool. if i'm listening to thin Liz lizzie or you know something by kiss with ace freely and you know i don't need a guitar to go because i know how a triplet run works independent time mm. yeah yeah to the point now where it's like there's enough meat and veg chops from 250 solo lessons that I know how a pentatonic works. You know, if you learn one or two Kirk Hammett solos, he uses a bunch of those links. Yeah, up, man. Ride the lightning to sort of end justice for all. There's a bunch of stuff. So um, a lot of the time I'll do all of the transcription without a guitar in my hand. And that's a lot faster for me because I don't have the distraction of my hands trying to have this party and I can learn solos in maybe 90 minutes and then i'll spend a couple of days practicing it not like enormous amounts but um you know, since we had a son you really have to milk your practice time as much as you can because i remember back in the day you know i'd do five hours of practice and then i'd teach for six hours and you're playing 11 hours of guitar every day was absolutely fine and i still do that but there's not nowhere near as much practice now I might have a half an hour black block here and it's like, do I have enough time to hang up my son's laundry while he's sleeping? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that. So now when I have those moments, like I'm going to like, all right, I have two half an hour blocks today and tomorrow to practice this solid before I hit record and make myself look like an idiot in front of the internet. And you really have to because like, people are going to be like, oh, you missed a band or oh, there's a tap there or like, you know, his tone's not right. So, um, 
you want to like feed, make the trolls meal like as difficult to find as possible. Like you don't want to just deliver it to the bottom of their bridge. You want to make them. Work <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, <laughs> so with with your your own students, then I mean, um, when when you're working on a solo or something to that effect, like how do you recommend your students break that down? Um, well, a lot of the time we'll do it together. Um, some of the songs. You know, one of my students will, will just say, have you heard of this band or do you know this song? And I'll be like, no, let's learn it together. And then when we're listening to it, I'm like, all right, it's in B minor. So it has to be something around B in. There might be a couple of cheeky flat twos if, you know, Hammett's involved or someone wants to add, you know, <laughs> the Jaws sound to what they're doing. Right, right. Uh, what could the possible arpeggios be? Something in, in this thing. And, you know, we just talk about what the possibilities are. So that they're not like, where do I start? What do I do? I'm like, calm down. <laughs> Seven possible modal positions. What are your arpeggios? Take a deep breath. Let's break it down slowly. The other thing I would say to them is just like, what's the most ridiculous part of this solo? And if the start's easy, don't practice that bit. Don't practice the, the easy bit and then get to the hard bit and go, uh, I'll go back to the start. Mm. Uh, I got to the hard bit. I'm like, go to the part where you're having a bad time. Keep pulling that Band-Aid off really, really quickly until you get there. Start at 80, 80% of the original speed and build it up by 1% one, 1 every day until you have it. Stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Does that answer that question? Yeah, so here's, here's also a really uh, nerdy teacher question. When you're talking about the different positions and things, like are you, are you using something like the cage system or something similar to that when you're well, it depends i mean like i if i'm if i'm soloing or composing in a personal thing i'm a very three note first string kind of guy i don't mm. don't really do the cage because i was pretty pretty self-taught and then i got into theory later and the cage thing is very to me something you get taught mm. um so you know, I, would, mm. I would generally be a three note first string guy but if we're looking at something like, you know, the end of, of I keep bringing up her camera, like that end of Fade to Black, where it goes like... That little thing there, there's no way that he's doing a three note per string pattern. So I don't want to leave it open to interpretation. I want to do what the original guy's doing. And mm -hmm. I think if you, if you spend enough time on your instrument, you know the difference between going... And going... You'll start to hear the difference between the timbre of the strings of when you're changing a string or whether you're doing, you know, little things like that. Mm. Um, so as far as like the way that I transcribe stuff, I try to listen for uh, when there's string changes and that kind of thing, because I want to stay as true to the original as possible and not be like, this is my interpretation of the song. I want to, I want to have the most amount of confidence I can in saying, this is how that dude plays it. Mm -hmm if that makes sense. But as far as my own personal, if, if I was to cater to your nerdy question as you so politely, <laughs> um, I'm not a caged dude. But I don't, I don't want to get into that, that debate. Because <laughs> there's so many dudes on forums that are like, you know, caged is for people who go to college and I'm a wicked grunge dude with my Pearl Jam and my flannelette and whatever. <laughs> and um, I just think it's like, it's about creating music. Couldn't we just like pat each other on the back and not be dicks about it? It's like, yeah. 
99.9% of the reason why I stopped writing for Ultimate Guitar. I was just like, none of you guys are happy. None of you are getting paid. None of you are adding in any beauty into the world. Fuck this place. <laughs> it was just um, so brutal. That's it was oh, man, it's the worst. I, I just, yeah, it's, it's just seeing your response to it all, though. I just, I like how it kind of just, I suppose it has to just like slide off your back because you can't take any of that. Yeah. You can't, can't let them win. You do, like, you'd get, you, we would get immense depression and you would stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. You, there's no way to go on if every single thing that someone says to you gets to you. Or if like, you know, you actually take their advice and then change what you're doing every single time because there's conflicting things. There's a guy who's going to tell you, you don't have enough feeling. You need to listen to David Gilmore. And there's another guy going to tell you. Jeez. And it's like, oh, everyone always brings up David Gilmore. It's like, yeah, fine. The dude plays slowly and it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I love David Gilmore and I use him a lot when it comes to things like vibrato and bends. Oh, absolutely. I love the dude as well, but it's just sort of like this, like this staple, uh, you know, I'll have the David Gilmore with pretentious and the side of fries, please. You know, you just <laughs> use that in any argument. Um, and I just, you know, I've, I've seen stuff like on, I don't know if you guys know who Sarah Longfield is. She's this oh, yeah, girl, absolutely. crazy, crazy tapping. Yeah. And um, I've actually become pretty good friends with the other guitarist in, um, the fine constant, they're lovely guys mm-hmm. and gals, obviously. You know, this girl's freaking tapping her ass. It's ridiculous. Not enough feeling. Ugh, her vibrato is shrilly. Or like, why doesn't she play with any feel? I'm like, you can't put yourself in her body and understand what's coming out of her soul when she plays her own music. Right. Kidding? Yeah. Right. I, I, do, I do love how no one would say that about Slayer and she can cover Slayer note for note. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... It's, it's not something to be proud of. And uh, moving on to a more positive subject, it's funny. John and I were talking about John and I were talking about possible interviewees for the podcast, and we were saying, "Oh yeah, maybe maybe Chris Zupa." And then you uploaded a video. It was like a sign from the Guitar Gods. Uh, you uploaded a video of "Get the Funk Out," and which is my like favorite solo of all really? time. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because funny you talking about the boob scene because that song is just to use the Lars Ulrich expression, stuck for like, you know, three minutes. And then that comes I in. And it's like, the song goes before the solo. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, if you, if you don't like America, get the funk out. It's, it's, a, terrible, it's a terrible mess. But, it's, uh, but then the solo comes in and it's just like, oh my God. Uh, so then when you uploaded that, I was like, we, ha- we, have, to, we have to get this back. So yeah. can I ask, of all the solos that you have done lessons for, can, is, is there a personal favorite that kind of shines through for you? Well, it's funny that the Get the Funk, Funk Out was something that you mentioned because I really loved to play with me. I thought when I was learning that, I was like, my hands don't usually do this and I'm having a very, very good time. Like, yeah, there was yeah. something about the way, that his, the way that his hands move on that and he combines that classical influence, which I think is really good. Um, I really liked, um, funnily, funnily enough, the solo in Breaking the Girl. No, it wasn't Breaking the Girl. If I, I could have lied by yeah. actually that song really, really hits me in the feels. And um, even though I can play quite technically, like a lot of the music that I'll upload is, you know, here's something technical. This is what the fans want. And occasionally I'll do something that I thoroughly enjoy. And it doesn't matter how many views I get. It's like, that's my like selfish me time. And, you know, 
I'm having fun in my bubble and you can come along if you want to. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think I could have lied and uh, play with me were probably two of my favorite solos, but there's been so many now. I mean, sometimes I have to watch videos of myself playing stuff to remember how to play it, which is pretty damn narcissistic. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is how great me. I was. Yeah, this is, look, look at that guy. He's killing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. Um, just, we, we talk a little bit about gear on the podcast and can, can we ask, your setup is, is fairly, I don't know, it's fairly streamlined by the looks of it. Yeah. Well, I um, I go through, you get the podcast won't be able to see it. Uh, yeah, I've I got two of those. Scarlet, my Scarlet 212, um, and then I do microphone, and then I DI my, DI my guitar in. Because uh, when I didn't used to do that, people go, oh, you can hear the guitar bouncing around the room. You should mic your yeah. amp. And I'm like, instead of micing my amp, I'll just DI my guitar and run it through uh, Logic. Mm. And then I use guitar rig with that. I mean, I don't spend hours working on my tone. Probably could and should, but, you know. Right got the attention span of, of a net so um and you're playing get, chapman at the moment yeah um i've got this is my chapman seven just sitting on the floors fiddling with <laughs> i signed with um with prs and i bought a bunch of their their guitars uh when i had the endorsement but the australian branch was so like yeah nah mate don't worry about it i'm like do you want me to play at any of your shows do you want me to do any promo yeah, nah, mate, it's all good. It's all good. I'm like, could you guys <laughs> a little less easygoing? Like, like all of the, um, the stereotypes you can think about, like an Australian business and put that into like <laughs> uh, Australian uh, branch. Because uh, I got it through the band I was in and I actually got a chance. I was emailing Rich Hannon, who's in charge of all of the, um, all of the endorsements in America, which was amazing. So, you know, if I was over there, I think I would have gotten a lot of opportunities. Uh, but then um, I ended up playing with the Chapman brand um, at the Melbourne Guitar Show when I was still signed to PRS, like direct conflict of interest. But, like, do you want to play a rival's guitar at the show? Yeah, that's fine, mate. No sweat, fair dinkum. <laughs> so they I didn't care and neither will I. They didn't, yeah, so I ended up with this um, wonderful, wonderful seven string by the end of it. And I was, I, I think they're really, really excellent guitars and I'm not signed to them. So I don't have to say nice things about them. I just genuinely think they're, they're delicious instruments. No, I've got a couple of students that have them and especially for the price point too. Like they, they seem to be wonderful guitars. They can't charge a premium or pretension. You know, they're not in Nike level yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not at Gibson level where they're like, here's a broken headstock. <laughs> here's a chipped body. It's still three and a half grand. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not okay. That is not okay. I'm glad they're going bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. You know when like you know when Wesley Starks got done for tax evasion? Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's how I feel about Gibson right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, amazing. Um, Chris, you have videos of basically kind of improving your, your overall technique. Uh, you know, you've got, you talk about the metronome and kind of the importance of that. Um, for what is the, can you give us maybe one of the most common pieces of advice you give to your students? Or, or I'm sure their you know, most common question is how to go faster. 
Yeah, we talked about it about is definitely the, the the most common question, and mm. not just how do I use my net my metronome, but I'm like, if you're going to use your metronome, do you understand the concept of pulse? Yeah. So if I can mm. passage of notes, are you going to be able to play 100 beats per, beats per minute with sixteenths or semiquavers, depending on what hemisphere you're in? Can you deal with semiquavers? Can you deal with triplets? Because mm -hmm. if you don't understand that, what's the point in playing fast notes with a click in the background? Are you one with the click? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger says, get inside the muscle. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. get, get inside the click. Um, if you can't differentiate that, then your ability to use the metronome to increase your speed and actually understanding pulse and connecting with it. That's one of the main things that I teach on like my first or second lesson. When people come to me with the exact question you said, Dylan, uh, how do I get faster? <laughs> like, yeah. It's the most common and it's often the most like, oh, like it's responded with that. Like, yeah. I got to put in work and I'm like, well, actually you can look at the mirror and say, Philip, <laughs> like throw some tarragon over your shoulder and then you get faster. There's no shortcut. They're like, oh, work. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's work. People send me emails as well. And I'm like, how am I going to like write you several paragraphs and by the end of it, you're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all, it all clicks. So well now I can play guitar really fast. No. And you, you recently did a video kind of outlining whatever, uh, five or seven, to be honest, I, I don't remember basic things to, to help increase your speed, but they're all things that just take time. Yeah. But another thing as well is like beyond having that is even if you put in the time, you need to be doing it correctly because you could be practicing incorrectly, mm -hmm. very, very regimentedly for multiple hours a day and not be seeing results. And that's, that's a massive problem as well is when, when people come to me and they're like, you know, I don't know what to practice or I've been doing this. I'm like, you've contacted me because you're not getting anywhere and you're putting in the hours and you're not seeing the fruit. This is the point where you go, do I give up my instrument or do I, um, do I talk to a professional? And um, yeah, so I think, I think all of those things that I mentioned, if you're talking about that shredding tips and speed thing, um, yeah. one of the big ones is just the radius of the picking that I see some people doing. And I was like, is this going to be faster than this? <laughs> like, think about it. Sorry to get all dolphin-y on you guys. But um, <laughs> Um, yeah, that's one of the big things I took from your video as well. It kind of forced me to take a step back and just like watch, watch what I'm doing. Stop looking at the left hand. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive because we're taught, you know, so early on to be like, you know, as soon as your right hand's got it, you don't need to be looking at it. It's not cool to look at your right hand to like, be like, am I picking the right string? Like it's taboo. And to be you know, told, you know what, you need to keep an eye on that guy because he is misbehaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was just something. I mean, that video is from probably 2014. Um, mm -hmm. I've been doing uh, a, a course on Udemy. I've I finished writing a book called Ultimate Shred Machine, which my wife is going to edit uh, very, very soon. She's a very busy woman, but um, I'm exploiting her teaching abilities and <laughs> ability to edit stuff. It's like, come on, I'm married. I've got to get some perks. So we're going to edit that <laughs> beyond having excellent company and a, a beautiful, gorgeous mother of my child, you know, 
free editing. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We, we won't send a direct copy of this podcast to your wife. Don't worry. It's got like um, one of those like mugs next to the wall. <laughs> uh, Chris, thanks so much. Uh, we'll, we'll start wrapping it up. But um, for where can people find you? I mean, they can find you on YouTube, obviously. But do you have a, a website? Are you active on the socials? Oh, chrissuper.com is being built. I do have a learn that solo slash chrissuper on Facebook. Um, and I've got an Instagram that I rarely use, but probably should. It's just pictures of my cat, really. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, should get up. We were talking about Neely Brosh, uh, who's currently playing for the Vegas Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson show. And she has, she uses Instagram as kind of an incentive to practice because she'll upload mm -hmm. a lick every week. And uh, I thought it was a really cool idea. Um, so, you know, it is possible to, to implement it, to use it as a tool uh, to get your plane. This might, um, be the, might be the the kick in the butt that I need from myself is still like yeah. every day or Insty Weekly. Yeah, I think Rick Graham does something similar, doesn't he? Rick Graham yeah. doesn't need to get better guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that guy is? Go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just take, right. take a break, damn it. You're making the rest of us look bad. You know, uh, John, have you any further questions, Your Honor? I, I haven't at the moment. Thank you so much, Chris. Um it's it's been a pleasure. It's it's, it's a pleasure too. Um any other anything that I, anything I left out perhaps? Um, I, we, we found, I found Jens Larsen through your video and, and then we contacted him and it's all gone full circle. It's kind of weird. Um, are there, is there anybody else on, on YouTube doing anything particular that you, you enjoy to um, recommend? I really, I've grown very, very fond of Tyler Larson and Music is Win. His, yeah. Um, yeah. We did, um, we did a video, a PSA on getting addicted to dive bombs together a couple of, yeah. um, a couple of months ago, I don't know whether you guys saw that, but it was so fun to make and so stupid. And um, he's just a very, very talented Berkeley graduate who doesn't take himself seriously. And, you know, I love people that don't take themselves seriously. <laughs> I was like, yes, I want you to be my, you know, it's just like walking up to that kid at the playground just being like, we're friends now. We're both in this community. Like, so we became pretty good friends and I sort of, got really into his channel and he freaking exploded now. He's got like 300,000 subscribers. Oh yeah. He uploads nearly every day and he, he'll talk about chord progressions and he'll talk about, you know, here's how to, you know, get some of the Jimi Hendrix motifs. Here's what Slash is doing, you know. Yeah. Here's what John May is doing. And he, he can really analyze what people are doing. Um, I really love what he does. Um, there's another guy who's not massive, but he's kind of getting there. A guy called Kevin Getz. He's in a band called Mute Profit. And he talks a lot about Facebook marketing and how to use YouTube properly. Mm. And then through technique videos as well about, you know, this is how to sweep. This is how to do gent stuff. This is how to do this kind of thing. Uh, but he also talks about, you know, anxiety and depression and things that musicians go through and, and band breakups and really, really, um, stuff that really, really hits home. Like if you've ever been in a band and it's you know, tumultuous and just hearing someone talk about exactly what you've been through, you're like, holy crap, this is something that I really, really needed to hear. Um, so he's, he's, he's amazing. Uh, his channel's called, I think it's called Mute Profit, but a lot of the time it's just him. It's not his, his band and occasionally they'll do playthroughs and he's just technically 
one of the best guitarists I've ever seen. And he was, he did a solo on my, um, on my solo album a couple of years ago. And I remember taking it in and there was my little solo and I'm like, Oh, this is the guest solo. And the producer and the sound engineer have just gone, what is this? What? <laughs> this dude absolutely sweeping and shredding. And it just, it just, it's weird because it blurs together, but you can still hear every note, like rusty coolie levels of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the, bar, I, the bar. I just remember just thinking like, all right, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be able to ever top this guy, but you know, if you can't beat him, join him. And that's been yeah. a lot of my, my YouTube career um, is you know, just trying to befriend these people that I think are, uh, are terrifying and trying to learn from them. And, and if I can help them along the way, I will. Um, who else? I think of Ben Eller is amazing. Yeah, I like I him a lot. Like um, he's just so, so charismatic. And uh, when I get a chance to talk to him, you know, off camera or when we're just chatting on Facebook, he's just like, the most low maintenance cool dude like he's like yeah let's not talk about guitar let's talk about why they need to like bring ninja turtles back to dvd you know like, yeah <laughs> let's talk about the stuff that matters we were talking uh and we, i really want to do it because he's been really busy touring with this other guy but we're talking about doing a double dragon cover like the wow. and i'm like we have to do this. It's so important to our friendship. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that happens at some point. In the not I, I, I hope so too, for, for the sake of the world. I, I, I really do. Um, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really, really appreciate your time. It was heaps of fun, guys. You have a delightful evening, morning. Rest of the yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Right. Yeah, guys. See ya. See you, man. Beautiful man, my new man crush of of of, of twenty eighteen, Chris Super, uh, oh, such man. a gent. You sent me on the the picture of his book from his Patreon page, which intent Chris Super has a Patreon page. You should check it out. Also, while you're there, check out our Patreon page. But yes, a, a <laughs> it's <laughs> it's absolutely it is a complete parody of say Ingvae Malmsteen's trilogy album. Where yeah, it's Ingve's slaying a dragon with his fiery guitar, and here Chris Zupa with rippling pecs and an eight pack is <laughs> riding a unicorn bareback, holding aloft <clears throat> Excalibur, the PRS guitar. I think it, it says a lot about him. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, John, what did you take away from from that interview? On a more serious note, uh, a, a number of things, but a thing or one thing in particular that I really liked was when he talked about his students and helping his students break down a solo and he described it as basically just thinking through it in a logical process instead of this barrage of notes that just kind of hits you and you just go what do I do I'll never be able to play it yeah, yeah instead just think about it logically okay what key is it in and you can figure that out just by kind of starting with one note. What note does he start on? Or listen to the chord progression behind it. And then figure out what are the scales that are going to be used there. And he said, you know, if it's in B minor, you think about, hey, well, B Aeolian, you might get a cheeky flat two in there. Those sorts of things. You can kind of think through that stuff. What are your arpeggios? Where does that happen on the fretboard? 
And before you know it, even if you didn't know the solo, you're able to just kind of piece it together and think about it logically and where would it go next? You know, particularly if yeah. you played solos by that guy before. So anyway. Yeah, it's all about narrowing stuff down. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I yeah. thought that was really great. I thought that was super useful. Yeah, I liked his perspective on, if you go to his channel, like he's got so many different uh, varieties of solo that he covers. Like he, I, he, you know, I was just looking at it there. He's got Eugene's Lick Bag from the Crossroads movie. Oh. He's got, yeah, his, his last one that he just put up was Killer Queen, which is always oh, fun. Cool. Yeah, so it's great. I, I really like it. I think if you have, it's great. What I did was I made a list of them to learn before, like, you know, songs that I'd never, you know, gone to and given the chance, like Hotel California. And he's just got it all there. And now that he's redone all his old videos, everything has a tab. So it's, oh, it's great. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So yeah, Chris Ziba, thanks so much. Uh, we love what you do. Keep, keep it up. And yeah, we might have you on again in the future. Who knows? I hope so. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'll, st- I'll stop giggling. So, John, <laughs> what have you been working on? Oh, this is funny. You mentioned all those solos that Chris Zupa has on his website because this week I finally decided, all right, there's a few songs or a few things that I've been meaning to learn all the way through for ages now, and one mm-hmm. of them is Eugene's Trick Bag. So, oh. Yeah, Exactly. So I've had the tab for it. I've had students work on bits and pieces of it, but it's never something I felt like I had to put together. And so I kind of made this mental resolution. I'm going to do it. I'm going to record myself doing it. I'll put it up on social medias because there's a place to humiliate myself playing Eugene (laughs) Frickbag. Like some (laughs) other knobs out there. Oh, man. There is no shame in that whatsoever. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. But yeah, anyway, that's what I've been working on. And yourself, what have you been working on? Well, so in keep- but anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, good. I'm glad you mentioned that. So in keeping with our, uh, our, our New Year's goals that we talked about last week, I have started sight reading. And mm. I've, I'm doing, I, I, I didn't want to take on too much too soon, you know, because it's all about little things, daily progress. Yes. So uh, for, for 15 or 20 minutes a day, following kind of, you know, advice that we've given. I've got a metronome. I put my phone on airplane mode. The only thing I use my phone for is a timer to, you know, 20 minutes and it's right there. And I've sat down with the, uh, the Berkeley book, the Mel, is it Mel Bay, the Berkeley book? Uh, no, William Levitt. William Levitt. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, the that, purple that's book it. of death. Is it? N- no, it's not. It's, it's the, the Berkeley method books. One, two, oh, two. the, the one with the big green one on it, right? That's it. Yeah. Yes, so it's also William Levitt, but yes. Is it? Okay. Well, I yeah. thought so. Uh, it's, it's super basic, but it's, it's just fundamentals. So they have all these exercises. It, it works. It progresses in a really logical level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has these, you know, duets or whatever. But what's great is you can, it's kind of like learning a piano thing. You learn the melody and then you learn the chords as well. So you break it down one by one. So I've been doing that for about 20 minutes every day. And it's really cool to see some progress. I have it in my little habit tracker and something I've kind of wanted to work on. And so, yeah, it's good to kind of see little things like I can play now, you know, four days later, what I couldn't play, you know, on day one. So it's cool to see some progress there. And I have also been learning um, a bluegrass tune called Blackberry Blossom, which is, yeah, it's, it's really, really nice. There's so many, see the thing about... Bluegrass is that there's so many different versions of all these standards. So 
I've just gotten one from, uh, I think it's Flat Picker Magazine, and I'm just learning that there's two ways to do it. You can learn the fiddle part, and you can learn the, you know, how to play that on guitar. So I've started learning the fiddle part to that. And yeah, it's cool, man. It's it's good. It's all all alternate picking. It's all up down. It's just kind of relentless. Uh, so yeah, it's, that's keeping me busy. So that's something else I've been doing kind of about 20 minutes a day and other stuff as well, doing a bit of ear training um, a little bit of, a little bit of everything, but also trying to follow, you know, um, you know, something that I can do day one, day two, day three, you know, follow and build on. What have you been doing for ear training? Um, kind of like we said last time, I've been sticking on random pop songs and trying to figure out the melodies by ear. Uh, also, one thing I, I've discovered as well, uh, I might you have to give them a shout out on the Twitters, is uh, Guitar God Secrets. It's a podcast, and there's about uh, 25 episodes. I think it's finished, but it's like a, a you know an archived series on my pod player. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool. Like he has um you know learned the secret of octave tapping and weird guitar facts and awesome guitar albums, and he's got really cool episodes. So I'd recommend checking that out. Very cool. And he's still doing it. I think he's still doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I've just been like playing archived episodes. So okay. I've been enjoying that. Well, he made uh, it past 13 episodes, so that's good. So fair play to him. And yes. John, have you been, speaking of what we've been listening to, what have you been listening to? Uh, so this week, I had a student come in and was like, hey, I want to do some finger-picking stuff. And we kind of chatted for a bit, and I was reminded of James Taylor. And okay. You know, he's got, it's not really hard finger picking, but there's just some great songwriting and there's a, some cool little hammer on and pull off things that he does. Yeah. On all of, on, it's, it's kind of this, once you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, that's the James Taylor kind of hammer on pull off chord thing that he does yeah. all over the place. And, but just mostly just hanging out with the Sweet Baby James album and just kind of realistic. So good. That. And that's, that's. It's a really good album. Lots of great songs. Country Roads, I think, is on that one. And as is, of course, Fire and Rain. Touching song about, I think, losing his sister, if I'm not mistaken. So, I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. I, I love James Taylor as a, as a guitar player because it just suits the type of music he plays so well. Um, I think a lot of those like singer-songwriters are kind of overlooked as guitar players. I mean, Paul Simon as well. It's a really good guitar player. You know, what so... He does. That was an interesting thing. I mentioned this to the student too. And I said, you know, he's good, but what he does, and he's a good songwriter, but what he does, and Paul Simon's the same way, is both of these guys got incredible bands behind them. So Michael Landau, yeah. for example, if you know who he is, I've talked about him before. I think I did a lick of the week of his at one point in time. Cool. But Michael Landau, Session Cat from LA and Nashville, played on anybody who did anything in LA until like mid nineties. And then from mid nineties to early two thousands, he was in Nashville, but Michael Landau is James Taylor's guitar player, you know, okay. Lady Smith, black Mombazo for Paul Simon. Like these guys have fantastic bands and are so worth seeing live because of that. You know, it's a big, it's a, it's just a, such a big part of their sound, you know, there, there yeah. is guitar there. Um, yeah, as, as for me, I, 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 I grew up, not I, I, my dad was like 24 when he had me so he was like a grunge kid and <laughs> so i was always told that bands like you know i don't know 80s bands or 70s bands basically dad rock um, were crap 
So I've actually gone back to one of the, the big, you know, bands that parents are supposed to introduce you to uh, and checking out their discography, which is Fleetwood Mac. Never oh, got into Fleetwood wow. Mac. Mm. Yeah. So like, I swear to God, I listened to Rumours for the first time in its entirety about a week ago. And uh, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I know, like, hello, Captain Obvious. But yeah. it's, well, yeah. No, but that's the thing. So same thing, you know, having grown up, and to be honest, I have a hard time with Stevie Nicks' voice most of the time. Mm. Most of the time. But same thing. It was just like, that was kind of, that was like the music my mom listened to that wasn't like really awesome. She had other Dude. things that were awesome, but I was like, eh. You know, yeah, I, think about I, the chain, the first four minutes of the chain are kind of like, uh, is this still going with that banjo? Until you get <laughs> the last two minutes of the song, right? But it's... Ah! Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a big it's a big part of it. But like Lindsey Buckingham, good God, oh, he can play. Dude. Yeah, what a monster! What a monster! Fantastic guitar player. Yeah, really yeah. like it. It's yeah. funny. It's weird. I feel like I'm rebelling against my parents by listening to Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Yes, um, and you can yeah. never break the chain. Never. Okay, let's let's finish with that. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, well-wishers, we have so many big plans. And I know I say this every week, but it's, it's, it's true. We've got so many things coming up. In the next month or so, I'd say, we'd have, we have Jim Little and we have Ariel Posen, uh, as well as a few other guests in the pipeline. We're uh, looking forward to a friend of ours is getting, uh, getting cracking on our uh, new logo. And yeah, we're, we're basically coming up with how to work the whole Patreon thing, how to work the whole YouTube thing. It's slowly falling into place. So, yeah, friends, thank you so much for the new likes and the new listens. We really appreciate having you here. Um, it, it's, it's why we do what we do. Yeah. John, anything to add? Um, yay guitar. No. Yay guitar. <laughs> no. Yeah. That'll, that'll that is, do. That's the other reason why we do what we do. But we, yeah, love, having, exactly. we love having people along for the ride. So Abs- Absolutely. Yeah. Friends, we'll talk to you next week. Stay sharp.